What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Cousin Cecil Show. I am your host, Cousin Cecil, a.k.a. Mike Fowler. How are you? How was your week? How's everything going in your life? Are you, uh, how close are you ready for the holidays? Uh, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy Hanukkah and all that fun jazz. Uh, but yes, I, uh, just coming at you again with, uh, Kind of what we were talking about. We gotta back this up before I say anything. Uh, but uh, we're gonna go into a couple, just more saying my nominations for uh, the Game Awards awards, and say what I think is gonna win, and all that fun jazz, and maybe get you out of here, and maybe do a couple little quick quick fire stories and all that stuff. But uh, at first, I can uh, say what I've been playing. And I've been playing a couple games. I've been able... I want to also backtrack some of my thoughts on Ragnarok. Because I finished it. And uh, I want to say it was very excellent. It was probably... It is, it's probably the Cousin Cecil Show's game of the year. For the little bits of... Uh, uh, and if you want to go by the, the chart of uh, the Game Awards nominees... The only two games I haven't played this year is Xenoblade Chronicles 3 and A Plague's Tale Requiem. I like Plague's Tale, the first one. So, I mean, that's still on the chopping block to play, but out of the ones of just this thing, I don't think Stray should have been on the game of the year thing. But I think that's because of just being cahoots of like probably working with Jeff Keighley before or something. But, uh, yeah. God of War Ragnarok, I finished. It is excellent. I want to say also, uh, I was a little weary during it, and this is like, when I'm speaking on this, is probably right when I was, the last episode, where I was speaking about uh, how it felt uh, kind of different, or not kind of the same, but like not uh, innovative, I was, I was I'll, that was wrong, <laughs> but there were moments when uh, I felt, I thought, at the end of that podcast, I did think I'd go through a little bit more of like, are they squishing like three games and or two games into one of like story wise? And there are some moments that felt quick, and then the resolution is not saying it's a, a quick resolution, but it was still resolved fine. But I wanted, I just wanted to be on recording and say, no, God of War Ragnarok is probably the best game I've played played all year it's probably been the best game I've played in possibly two to three years in my in this moment in time I'm very impressed with the I'm very I'm very impressed with how they did it I'm very impressed with the landing I um I got a little emotional like not like but I, I teared up at the end I don't know if it's the parent thing in me or whatever, but it was uh, so enjoyable. It's also, I have never, like how I word it, 2018 got a war, the ending, like, oh, I can't wait for the second one and all that stuff. And it obviously gives you the normal hype, but this one, it, for me, I'm like, this has set up 
multiple, I wouldn't say multiple, well, yeah, multiple is an easy way to non-spoiler way, but there's lots of lanes that this franchise can go in the sense of like, do they want to go this way? Do you want to actually try this new way? You want to try, uh, even it's just, it was an amazing accomplishment to the team. Shout outs to, uh, Sony Santa Monica. Um, and even like during my playthrough, obviously social media kind of spoiled some of the, the twists of this, but it's a very neat thing to know that you can go back and see some of the clues of this, this twist right off, right off the get go. And it's very impressive and I'm very, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to even finishing it up. I will say I stopped. I got the roll credits, but now you're at like the, I am guess I'm at the epilogue. And I'm not going to spoil it, but there's obviously parts that are the, now I'm on an adventure of like cleaning up and maybe go and get, uh, these ain't that spoiler. There's like, a, instead of Valkyries, there are Berserkers in this world to go fight. So yeah, I'm in that little cleanup mode to maybe platinum it, which I probably will platinum. I just, uh. I, once it happened and finished, I, I uh, took a step back and I went to uh, play a game I actually uh, been interested in since it came out. I just knew it's been mixed, but also I've been watching a uh, uh, shout out to uh, Sphere Hunter, this YouTuber. She uh, does a lot of horror, survival horror games. She did. Uh, she's been also. You got to go on G4 right before they close and talk about Resident Evil, the old one with uh, the X-Play team and all that stuff. And she uh, basically, she I went to her review and I will say I am a little, uh, I'm taking her word with a grain of salt because of uh, this week's Callisto Protocol thing, what I'm going to say. But she likes... Tango games, so she seems like she was very flattered with it, and also I think it involves uh, getting a free code, just because of like what I'm about to say down the road. But I got to play Ghost Rider Tokyo. Finally, it's uh, on sale, and I just been able to pick it up. And then uh, I want to more state. I'm actually really enjoying it. I'm not that far. I only am in still. Uh, I guess chapter. Two, because I remember seeing the chapter one trophy, which is basically chapter one is basically a cutscene of what's going on. You walking to a hospital, you going up to a hospital room, and then you hear we gotta go do this, and then chapter one's done. Chapter two is actually when um it opens up that Ghostwire Tokyo is a like a first person uh instead of an adventure game. That your combat is you basically shooting elemental things out your hand of either wind, fire, water, using like some like Japanese like uh, super. I don't even know what the word is, but like superstitious like take like uh, things you've seen like in animes when they're like trying to stop the ghost by using like that piece of paper with like uh, with a certain wording on the. On and they stop it, it makes the people freeze or something. But this one's obviously like, oh, we're gonna stun them with electricity and stuff. 
But what I would explain to somebody, it's a first person, well, Ubisoft map game. It's like, uh, so in my head, how I word it, if, if like the map of Far Cry in the first person is of Far Cry, not total all the gameplay, but if you had to do a little bit of a collect-a-thon because you're collecting souls that have happened that have been taken from the fog and this is not this ain't spoiler spoilers i'm just saying the like the first 10 minutes of spoilers idea so you are told to go collect the souls around and then you collect the souls you take them to a phone booth and that is your xp that let makes you level up and you can get better skills and all that fun jazz while you're out there, there are side quests that could be uh, when you go to this other part of this destination, find it or uh, catch this spirit or whatever, bring it back, or like it, it can be celebrated at the, the other destination. Sometimes you can be talking to a ghost and they could be like, oh, behind me is this house and go into this, this, uh, re- this uh, generated house. And it has its own little puzzle thing going on in there. Then you do it, boom. And then they're uh, involved sometimes then those could also lead you into like a um, a wave of fighting these uh, visitors or spirits out of your arm column. But but yeah, sometimes also uh, I like the aesthetic. I like the idea that you're working or... You're walking through this, I forgot what town it is in Japan, but it's like basically a very detailed part of the city of inside Japan. I mean, granted, there's nobody else besides you and uh, other ghosts. And I like the, I like the hearing about this, the lore, like this, the visitors or spirits that you have to fight that are around. Like you see these people that look like kind of like a slender man holding a, an umbrella or like a, these school children with no heads just like look like they're playing hopscotch, but when they want to play, they come, uh, they they run to you and they kind of start kicking and shit. And there is also like, uh, they're like, uh, not, I guess they're like folklore of Japanese culture that these are are being portrayed as and interpreted as, even like ones of like the apparently this of this kid who is like a siren in this game. So if you you go up too close and he sees you and he'll scream and he makes a, a horde come out of, you know, out of the abyss. You can also then, you have to sneak up and then, uh, because apparently this kid's visualization is apparently a Japanese folklore of child abuse. It's like the kid in like a raincoat kind of looks like, a, you know, apparently that is a story from Japan about child abuse so it's kind of neat they put in this in the game the way to uh stop him is you can sneak up and then you have to instead of like the rest of them you've done you have to like he like takes out their souls and pulls them out like their ghost wire like stuff this one with the raincoat they uh he has to like be nice to it like soothe it and to make him disappear and he fades away like you know his his spirits at ease after and i think that's kind of neat but at this moment at chapter two where it's been uh 
your body is being possessed by a ghost named KK. And because he possessed your body, you kind of was able to uh, survive the fog rapture that happens on this in this story. But then, obviously, you he's been kind of been your big brother slash mentor in your brain. And it's kind of neat that they use the, the dual senses microphone to kind of make a weird echoey. So it feels like you hear it in your brain because also your, your controller's saying it and your TV is saying it at the same time. But, uh, and then I've only had a couple, uh, cutscene interactions with the guy who's on the cover with the demon mask. Well, you know, Japanese demon mask. I will say, uh, it just kind of feels like it hits a spot. I kind of want to like that, uh, turn your brain off and then like look at the map and go complete side missions or like go collect or go pray to these certain shrines that. The shrines don't pop up, but, like, the idea you're walking down the street and you start noticing stuff, I like that. There's also, like, even a little side mission says go find all the, whatever, the rac- the Japanese raccoons, the whatever the name, the, the correct term, I don't want to say, I don't think it's Kabuki, but the, the same name that they use for Mario, Super Mario 3, like, the, like for those raccoons hitting stuff, uh... I would re- I'd recommend it, especially at this price. If you can catch it on a sale, and like I said, it is a it's kind of like a collectathon. And then if you want more difficult D, I'm on normal, and it feels kind of easy. And even that uh, sphere hunter, she also said it too. She's like a little bit one third of the way through. She actually turned up her difficulty. She played it in a way of like she turned off certain HUDs. Just kept the compass, and then she made the difficulty of the combat harder. And she said it was a great time. I'm not probably going to go all the way through like that. But I will say I can see where I could turn up the difficulty if I truly want to. But I'm just more enjoying my time. And then uh, more two quick fire things that just popped up. Apparently, the first week of December is Update City. For all your uh, ongoing multiplayer games. We have Marvel Snap. This week is the starting of the Cosmic uh, Battle Pass. Where you can get a free, well not free, you pay your 10 bucks. And you get uh, the Silver Surfer card. And he is a 3 cost 0 uh, powered card you're like well what the hell but uh what he does on reveal he will give the rest of your he gives all plus three uh powered cards on the field i think himself too because i think i've seen or maybe i watched maybe i looked at it and somebody played two of them or some shit i can't remember but everyone gets plus two who has been a three cost card so that idea, like, um, there is a card called the Brood, an X-Men bad guy. Um, that Brood is a three-cost two creature, but when he comes on the field, he makes two more Broods. So they're all two-cost, but they, they count as three-cost creatures and two-powered creatures. When you play Silver Surfer, that means whatever the area that those Broods are, 
you had your opponent think you had just six power there, then Silver Surfer comes out, or excuse me, is it four or five? Maybe I'm, maybe I misspoke on the power. It felt like you can go over plus ten or almost fifteen power after Silver Surfer comes out. I've been watching a lot of people. They've been uh, running a deck called C3, and also C4 has been around, but C3 is a Cerebro where your highest powered cards all get like so the idea of cerebo knows all your deck cards are powers of three so all cards of three powered get a power boost plus you have silver surfer in there and you can uh make the game go huge plus also there's a lot of different cards. mr negative can make some crazy ass deck things with him but but yeah they're also talking about marvel snap they made an update, so you, the token shop's out. Uh, at this moment in time, the jury's still out for me for the how the tokens are, because if anything, I wish they did. I wish they, instead of making you buy either gold, I wish they could also give you the option you want to buy those tokens outright. And maybe be like, they, it could be a crazy number. It could be like $5 for 500 and then... People like, what does that compare to cards? Well, uh, if you're in the pool three card set, which I am, you can get a pool three card that comes out of that rotation of them popping up for the spotlight thing. Pool three is like 1,000. Uh, pool four is 3,000 tokens. And then there are some series five tokens which i've seen like the bast i've seen thanos and to, right now is galactus they cost six thousand collector's points and i don't remember if i've ever said on the podcast but they said in a little video if you got up to five level 500 of the collector's uh ranking level which is you leveling up cards from commons to like basically infinite-esque uh, borders and all that shit around your cards. If you get up to the 500, they, you should have been able to earn 3,000 uh, worth of collector's tokens. So you could be eligible for at least a Series 4 or a couple Series 3 if you wanted. Uh... I wish you could buy the tokens outright because then you can then it feels better like you can truly pin I'd rather know I can truly pin something maybe even have it on my under my spotlight for a whole week it could be payday and then you're like I want to spend it on this so I'm going to spend it but right now there's no I have no idea how to besides leveling up and I'm up to I'm almost to the 800s of level ranking, almost. And since the token shop came out, I want to say I have only earned 400. So between uh, 500 and like almost 800, I've only earned 400 extra tokens from the get-go start of like my baseline 3,000. So it's few and far between for these tokens. So that's why I wish they could let you spend it. But I digress. But yeah, the Battle Pass gives you Silver Surfer, which is brand new. 
And then for a guarantee, not guarantee, but you have to level up your battle pass. But you can get a uh, awesome the collector's variant art for your card, and a very trippy and awesome infinite uh, variant art. But yeah, and another update: Fortnite Chapter Four Season One is out. It is a brand new map. It is, um, it, they have updated the graphics of Fortnite, which it, at, at the end of the day is not, it's not a real true change. Like not, it's nothing crazy to write home about besides it is Unreal Engine 5.1, which means they have now implemented like their Luminin and there's another, uh, system of like technology they put in. So it has really cool moments, but also, in the heat of the heat of the fight, you you are hopefully you're in a dead zone before you can enjoy these spots. But you can have really excellent lights coming out of like certain like they, uh, they, I wonder if they did it on purpose. But they have more castles in this this map, so you have like a nice little ray of light coming off like the the typical castle rectangle window onto like a barrel, and like shadows are looking really excellent. But again, it goes into, you can see it really good, only if you're not in the heat of the battle. Uh, The word on the street is, it sounds like assault rifles and shotguns are the meta. And then the there is a tangent, there is a wild card uh, <laughs> meta that I enjoy. Some others don't, but they have this new, uh, this new hammer. That kind of plays like the Halo old brute hammer, where it uh, it makes you can smash on the ground, and it makes the the purple wave that make, makes you retract, and also it'll deal seventy five damage to anybody near you. And you can also use it for traversal, where it lets you do four big bounces, and then you kind of like can traverse the map pretty well. And it can do a combo where you can be traversing, and then you. Grab your hammer to set it up to, and you're about to smash the ground. It's it's a fun time. And then uh, the other one is Destiny Two has a season of the Serper, which is uh, basically I know it's the word that's been always dealt with with the Rasputin. Uh, well, it is about Rasputin this season, but but yeah, the season of plunder. Apparently, was a kind of a hit and miss, and closure to a miss. And right now, the community, what I've heard, is this this season seems uh, it might be a miss too, only because people are complaining that it feels like this is one of the the chintziest seasons they've had, like very low rewards in the sense of like. Uh, the new carrot on the stick. People don't know if it's because this is this is the season that will take us into Lightfall. And I just got off before I re- hit record. I just did the first mission of this new season. And I already it, it is going to involve uh, Lightfall because Osiris talks about Neptune. Spoilers in the sense, Lightfall in, is... <laughs> We find a city on Neptune. And Osiris right now, December 7th, just said, 
he has felt something in Neptune that is hidden, which, hey, that's the whole plot of where this Lightfall city is from. But, uh, but yeah, uh, my opinion about this Destiny 2's uh, season off of, I only played the first mission, well, yeah, the first two-ish missions, involves Rasputin, I was involved in uh, Anastasia, and having her, uh, we had to go save her grandfather, the uh, the big robot head from Europa. Uh, because now, some about Rasputin's been weaker, been weak. So now we finally got like to see like Covenant and Hive try to get some of his weapons. Blah blah blah, and. We saved her grandfather, blah, blah, blah. And then we went back to the, the helm. And the queen told us to do this high, like this big uh, help the Rasputin uh, bunker on the moon. And what I like about this one is there is like a little bit of a tactical. I like when it's not just straight run and gun and keep running to the A or like from A to B. This one is like, all right, we have to protect the pillars. We're still going A and B. I'm not saying that's not right. But I like this one in particular because they made the path look a little bit more like we're going to A, B, D, then C, then B again idea of the how it's styled. But, okay, you land on the moon. You stop these uh, hive pillars that are coming out of the ground. And it's, it, if it's a clusterfuck of enemies, which is cool in the sense of Destiny. And then there's moments in time where you have to hide behind pillars because his uh, Rasputin's uh, systems are fucking up. And there's this little gold beam touching you. And I'm assuming if you stay out there long enough, you're going to blow up. I have not been able to blow up yet. I've been hiding, which you're supposed to. So you stop all the pillars. And then this bunker opens that I believe has never been has never been there. They just added it onto the moon with this, this uh, pass because I've never remember seeing this. But you see the, the moon crate or service start to crack open, and then this Rasputin uh, esque uh, bunker opens, and you go down there, you start fighting, and then you end up fighting. Uh, and then there's uh, cubby holes you have to go under. Some it's, it's some not puzzles, but the idea of like I said, the path feels like you're going from A to D, then to B, then C, then B again. It felt like that, and I like that stuff in my. Destiny mission, I guess. Especially when it's the it's the grits and repeat of it. Like you're gonna have to play these multiple times. That's just how the game is. But but yeah, at this moment in time, and the reason I said about the season of plunder, the one previous with the pirates. Apparently, I I went I played it in Halloween with the Festival of Lost. I did a couple of that. I got a. I was just more able to fortunate of that they were giving, not giving away, but they had the last year's shader, not shaders, uh, ornaments for your armor, which was the fan agreed, uh, the dinosaur one. So I have the dinosaur armor set that I wanted from last year. They had it for bright dust this year, which means bright dust is the, is the currency you can earn that is a way to buy, to earn uh, the paid 
appearance stuff from with from silvers. You don't have to you just use sprite dust that you earn during the game. Because this year was max. Um uh, but I digress. It it was a alright um cycle of playing through, but then I just stopped. And then I obviously I'm connected to the Twitters of it and apparently they sent out a end mission of this season that was supposed to last let's say two weeks. Like that mission was supposed to last two weeks. Someone finished it in twenty five hours. You know, that's you know, we're we're a bunch of animals, the Destiny Two true people, so that's kind of where the community lies of uh of how they feel about Destiny Two. But yeah, today is just today it is a big week with all the DLCs and all the add on stuff that's happening, so it's cool in that notion. But alright. Um, we're also the, the next tomorrow is the game awards. And, uh, I said last time I was on here, we were going to go through and just kind of my, my set pieces. I'm not going to really explain it more than, uh, let's see how this goes. We'll see. Let me find their, oh, there it is. I found it. I need the nominees all right i was gonna try to jumble this around so we didn't talk about the game of the year off the get-go but just how they have it we're gonna start at the top so we don't get confused obviously like i said game of the year recognize a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields which are the nominees are plague's tale elden ring god of war horizon forbidden west stray and xenoblade chronicles 3 um, I got a war is the shoe in for me. I understand. I can, I can understand the, the reason why Elden Ring could win it, but also at the same time, I, I story drives me more than sometimes gameplay or like how, like, I'm not a, I'm not a dark soulsy person, but where I see the stories and how it can drive in like multi, uh, manipulate your feelings. I can also understand when a person wants to say gameplay manipulates their feelings, like how there's so many different options of styles of combat you can do with Elden Ring or even some of those Dark Souls games, not just Elden Ring. So I can see those are obviously the two that are going to be the real combatants. I mean, of course, Eldering is multi-plat, so we can uh, there be might be more people from other areas that are just want to have it because they just because. But I voted for uh, what is it? Uh, God of War. Now next was best game direction, which is Eldering, God of War, Horizon. Immortality and Stray. And I want, I'm going to say something real quick before I say, yeah. I gave best game direction to Elden Ring because I feel direction wise, out of the whole series of From Software, knowing that they just did, went to an open world esque way 
and people loved it, and people obviously liked the discovery of it. I feel that's a good that's a good way to give them a reward to say, hey, the direction that you're going to an open world platform should be rewarded. So there you go. That's why I think I picked Elden Ring for that one. Next, best narrative for outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game, which was A Plague's Tale, Elden Ring, God of War, Horizon, and Immortality. And out of this group, I have not played Plague's Tale and Immortality, but for what I, if anything, for me, for narrative, without, I do not know what A Plague's Tale Requiem is about in the sense of, like, how far into the future of their lives they are, or, you know, I did pick God of War, and I, I can definitely back that up. Horizon, no, please no. Immortality, I did not play. But I know it's a uh, FMV. I'm not saying it's bad, but I just know that uh, it could be a combatant. But I don't think for storytelling, I don't think Elden Ring is up to up to par compared to God of War. And I do want to know what Playstale was. Best art direction for outstanding creative and or technical achievements in artistic design and animation. Elden Ring, God of War. Horizon Forbidden West, Scorn, and Stray. And um, Art Direction. I can't remember who I picked. I want to say for Art, I think I picked Stray because I was kind of more of a fan of that uh, that Neo Extinction with the robots. Not saying the robots are... Um, I'm not saying even the robots are like Call Home to Mom. I just like that style and direction it was. Scorn, I could see them have a come uh, talking about that because of uh, it has that uh, that art design. I can't remember the guy's name, but of course, it's also like the one that you've seen like in Prometheus and Alien. That's still that very detailed, but like like that kind of art style. I could see them have a conversation for that, and of course, Eldering could be up there for combats. But I pick Stray. Best score and music. Plague's Tale, Elden Ring, God of War, Metal Hellsinger, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, and I think it's funny that Metal Hellsinger is the only one on here that is technically kind of a music, uh, a musical game where you're supposed to fight uh, demons to the beat, but uh, I I can't remember who I picked, but I'm going to assume. For best scored music, that God of War is going to win it. I feel God of War is going to do a pretty good sweep of this this uh, game awards. Best audio design recognized for best in-game audio and sound design. Call of Duty, Elden Ring, God of War, Gran Turismo, and Horizon. And I think I picked uh, Call of Duty because I've always heard. Just the details and the sound. People people might not like it because it's so loud, but you know they put some details into their uh, things, their games. Best performance: uh, Horizon, well Ashley Birch, Charlotte McBurney, which is a Plague's Tale. Uh, Chris Judge, obviously got a war. Uh, Man Engage from Immortality, and then uh, Sunny Soljic. From God of War, which is Atreus. I want to pick... I think I believe I picked uh, Atreus. But I won't lie. 
I voted for this prior to winning, or nope, I did. I played it. I hit it on the same night. I picked the Atreus because I feel he did the best, the most growth. But there are moments I can see Christopher Judge should win it because of just the. There is a growth of Kratos that I was very surprised on at the end. And he, but he did the growth in 2018 also. But that's why I think Atreus wins it this year. Games for Impact for a thought provoking game with a pro social meaning me- uh, or message. A memoir, Brulu, As Dusk Falls, Citizen Sleeper, Endling, Extinction is Forever, Hindsight, I Was a Teenage. Uh, Exocolonist. And I have not played any of these games, so I kind of drew, I, you know, I, I picked a memoir blue. Cause that, uh, it's more because of uh, it's Annapurna, and I've obviously played Annapurna games. There's also hindsight on there too, but uh, I just felt like they might have a good direction that I've been looking for. Best ongoing game. Warrior to games for outstanding development on ongoing content that evolves the player's experience over time. I I think my my dirty little heart picked Destiny 2, but seeing what is going on, because it, oh, excuse me, the nominees are Apex, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, Fortnite, and Genshin. My, like I said, my dirty heart little heart said Destiny 2, because they show a picture of the Witch Queen, and I did really enjoy the Witch Queen, but I want to say that was a while back. But I want to say Fortnite after seeing this new map. I should have re- rebuttaled and that's my feelings. Best Indie for outstanding creative and technical achievements in the game made outside the traditional publisher system. Cult of Lamb, Neon White, Sifu, Stray, and Tunic. I am very happy Neon White is coming to PS4 finally. I heard uh, probably next week, I believe. The thing December 13th, I remember. So I'm looking forward to that. I've been looking forward to it ever since it was announced for Switch and PC. And obviously, everybody and their mother talked about it when it came out PC. But when I said it, when it was first announced, no one's like, whatever. But I digress. I picked Cult of Lamb because of out of the this group. Uh, I feel Cult of Lamb is more enjoyable than... Stray is fine. Stray is good. Sifu is actually really good. But for me, Cult of Lamb, uh, I do like that aesthetic. I like the idea of becoming like a demonic little goat thing. It's fun. I have not played Tunic yet or obviously Neon White. Best mobile game. Apex Legend Mobile. Diablo Immortal. Genshin Impact. Marvel Snap. Tower of Fantasy. The past two episodes of the Cousins Show should make you understand why I picked Marvel Snap. <laughs> Next, best community support: Apex, Destiny 2, uh, Final Fantasy 14, Fortnite, and No Man's Sky. I want to say I did Fortnite because of just uh, best community support. Not saying best community, but I think I picked Fortnite. Innovations and in accessibility: As Dusk Falls, God of War Ragnarok, Return to Monkey Island, The Last of Us Part One. And the quarry. I feel bad for As Dusk Falls because I've not heard anything about how their accessibility has been um, 
like spotlighted, but because obviously I've seen the God of War Ragnarok where you can do kind of what they did with, excuse me, how they did with uh, Last of Us Two, and like change every color so everybody who can has visual impaired and stuff has pro like, can see better and all that stuff. So I pick God of War, best VR and AR, After the Fall, Among Us VR, Bone Lap, Moss Book Two. Red Matter 2. I picked Moss 2 book 2 because I feel I feel that having a story in VR should be uh, supported and so that people will make more stories anywhere. Not just play uh, experiences for those. Best action game. And also I knew that um, I just saw today Moss 1 and 2 are coming to PSVR 2 in a bundle. You can go up to like 40 bucks for both of them. But best action game, Bayonetta 3, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Sifu, Neon White, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. I believe I picked Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge because I played it. Well, and also I really liked that game. It was really good. Best action adventure, A Plague's Tale, God of War, Horizon, Stray, and Tunic. And I want to say I picked A Plague's Tale only because it's more because I want to give them flowers without even playing it. But I do. I, it's going to be played in the future, and I feel I did like the aesthetics of the first one. And obviously, I don't want like God of War does not need to win every single fucking thing they're in. Best role playing: Eldering, Live Alive, Pokemon Legend Arceus, Triangle Strategy, Xenoblade Chronicles Three. And it's pretty sad I picked Live Alive because of a. Uh, I know Eldering is like a more modern RPG, but I feel. Alive Alive was really praised during the year, and I think you should get some flowers. And I hopefully will come over away from Nintendo and come over to the third party, other the other two parties, even Xbox and play uh, even Xbox. <laughs> Best fighting, and this I feel is probably the weakest roster of games when there's so many different, but. Best fighting DNF Duel, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, All Star Battle R. King of Fighters 14 or 15, excuse me, Multiverses and Sifu. I don't believe Sifu should be up here because I don't think it's, that's not fair for fighting games. Uh, I I picked Multiverses because I feel the the flash in the pan of what was spoken when it first came out might be louder than the other nominees. But I hope I'm wrong, and DNF dual wins because I've heard JoJo Bazaar should not be rewarded because of they do not use the rollback system, so they have been have a really wonky online play, and I ain't, I I have no real feelings for King of Fighters. Not saying they don't deserve it, but I've heard good things about DNF Duel. Best Family: Kirby, The Forgotten Lands, Lego Star Wars, Marvel Rabbids, Spark of Hope. Nintendo Switch Sports and Splatoon 3. I believe I picked Kirby because I prefer Kirby out of all of them. <laughs> Best Sim Strategy, Dune, Spice Wars, Mario Rabbids, Total War, Warhammer, Two Point Campus, and Victoria 3. I believe I picked Mario Rabbids. Best Sports Racing, uh, F1, FIFA 23, uh, NBA 2K23, Gran Turismo, Ali Ali World. I believe I picked Ali Ali World because of skating. <laughs> Best multiplayer: Call of Duty, Multiverses, Overwatch 2, Splatoon 3, uh, 
Ninja Turtles. I picked Call of Duty. Content creator of the year. Carl Jacobs, Ludwig, Nabillion, Nobrew, and QT Cinderella. Or Cutie. Cutie Cinderella, I guess you could say it. I picked Nabillion, even though I feel it is a uh, it's it's that uh it's that Marvel meme. You're late. About five years or it's like you're you're a little oh I guess it was early. I feel Nabillion having the vote is a little late because obviously he just left. I feel it was also added on after he left. Best debut indie. Neon White, Norco, Stray, Tunic, and Vampire Survivors. I know everybody's gonna say Vampire Survivors, but I there was a there is a good month and a half. Everybody and their brother was saying they were playing Neon White. So I feel Neon White's debut was better than the Vampire Survivors. Because all I've heard about Vampire Survivors is not saying it's bad. But the idea that it was so under the radar because it was on Steam for so long. People who had Steam talked about it. But people who talked about Neon White, they talked about it. And they had moments. And they had, I've seen video, you know that stuff. Best Adaptation. Arcane League of Legends, Cyberpunk, Edge Runner, The Cuphead Show, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and the Uncharted movie. I picked Cuphead Show because I, I really enjoyed that, that show. Most anticipated game, Final Fantasy 16, Hogwarts, Resident Evil 4, Starfield, and Legends of the Tears of the Kingdom. I picked Resident Evil 4 because I love these remakes of the Resident Evil series. I think they've they've done more for me than for that franchise and has anything else has happened in that goddamn franchise. Best esports game, Counter-Strike, Dota 2, League of Legends, Rocket League, and Valorant. I pick Valorant. Best esports athlete. I flipped the coin and I picked the Cloud9 guy because I know what Cloud9 is because I had a roommate that uh, liked their shit. Best esports team. I flipped the coin. <laughs> well, in a sense, and I picked... Uh, I picked the FaZe Clan because I've heard of what the FaZe Clan is. <laughs> uh, best esports coach. Again, another coin flipped. And I ain't gonna lie, I liked uh, uh, it'd be funny when you go on the the Game Awards thing. I picked the guy at the bottom uh, who plays League of Legends for Go or uh, Score Dong Bin because of uh, his his pitch was like he was trying to apply for a, a career at a as a multi-million dollar franchise place best esports event i picked evo because i like the i like the fighting game uh, tournaments more than i don't care about the whatever the see this is a, if i told you what the 2022 mid-season invitational is what would that be it doesn't say valorant championship okay i understand what that is PGL Major Antwerp 2022. I don't know what that is. The League of Legends World Championship. Yeah, I understand that. But Evo, I know what Evo is, and I've really enjoyed this year's Evo. And that was it. And um, I just more wanted to leave off with... Uh, I also wanted to see if I can make five predictions of what we will see at the Game Awards. Uh, first, I want to say I think we will finally see a uh, 
the actual release date for Hellblade 2 or at least a a new trailer. But I want to say I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to say there will be a release date for Hellblade 2. Uh I'm trying to remember other things that have been announced through Jeff Keighley that we'll touch base on. I feel we'll have a a new or at least a release date. I can't remember if we have a release date yet of A Wolf Among Us 2. I also will feel uh, last time, I want to say we'll probably, I'm going to do something that's not, I've not seen anybody just yet say, but I think we're going to see something new from Netherrealm, so obviously Ed Boon's either, it's either going to be Mortal Kombat uh, 12, or like I said, I think we're going to see something new from Netherrealm. Uh, and then uh, we might see some Capcom updates of I think it was Capcom that that one uh, game that I think was maybe revealed the Sony thing present a PS5 reveal that uh, Paradigm Par- Paradigm or whatever the fuck it is involves the astronaut the, the weird blonde AI thing looking up at the fucking moon or some shit I can't remember what it was. Uh, I also will, will definitely see, uh, I feel a, some kind of PC only, uh, strategy game. I think that's a, that's a, not that bad of a reach, but will we, I will say also, I think Hellblade will be the Xbox thing. I could be wrong. There might be more. But I feel PlayStation will drop something from play, for for a PlayStation exclusive of a reveal. People are saying Metal Gear. I don't know about that. Um, I will say, but I think we'll get a PlayStation exclusive reveal or at least a uh, what's that word? Update. And then I think we might get an extended. Tra- uh, I think we might get more of Legend of Zelda's uh, Breath of the Wild 2, Tears of the Kingdom. But yeah. Uh, yeah. And then there's more quick fire. There's been very mixed bag about Callisto Protocol. Uh, back to that thing with Ghostwire and the Sphere Hunter. She praised. Ghostwire, when she even said another thing, it's not even a survival horror. And then in this Callisto one, I feel she she came out and said, uh, "This ain't this ain't really survival horror. It feels like more action because of a lot of fighting." So that last one was okay, but this one's not. But I think it's because you. I think people build their anticipation for it because a. It is some of the, the studio's fault. But it's because, like, I thought it was kind of odd. Everybody and their mother decided to play Dead Space again for to get ready for this one. You know, that stuff. And then when certain things happen, and I'm like, they, you know, it's a new team. It's a new indie team in, in sense. There's some glitches I've heard. I've heard some uh, some bad cameras. And they're patching it. They're trying to fix it. So I'm kind of glad I didn't buy it up front. But like, if I had the opportunity, 
I'd still probably would have bought the collector's edition because I do like that statue. But it's definitely a mixed bag. There's been a group of people that say it's dog shit. The other group that say it's good. Not saying it's the best of the best, but I think it's worth your while. I'm, I've been told. I'm I'm in the without even playing. I'm on the side of I'm going to at least play it whenever it gets down the road. It gets probably a little cheaper. Um, and then and Black Adam two. Apparently today Black Adam two said it will be a profit, and it'll be like a fifty to seventy million dollar profit. Um, and that's nothing to brag about when uh. When your competitors are able to make a movie and it makes as much as you did your whole uh, movie run within three days, I'd just shut up. Like you, it is very, it is very weird to have a actor be so vocal and think his platform is such a a moment that you could. Like, it's going to push something different. I'm like, we know it's a flop. You can you could take the L. You can say it's a flop. And I think, and then also, like, I saw something about, uh, they were thinking, setting up Black Adam 2 and Hawkman spin-off. Oh, that spin-off, but, like, the next thing was going to be, like, a Black Adam-Hawkman thing. But then they that was uh, retracted. Now it's just, uh, they, they're not talking about it. But... But yeah, uh, I wish I, or my goal for next year is I'm hoping to get back into comics in the sense of being able to go back to a comic shop and pick up comics because of where I'm located. There is a comic book shop, and I did not know that, though, but that old bastard... Uh, sold it, and he gave it to another guy. And there's a newer, younger guy. I've not met him, but I'm interested into seeing this the Hall of Heroes where I live now. But it's kind of a New Year's resolution. Uh, I like so backtrack how I say that. I want to get back into comics, which then also gets into I want to uh. Be more consistent for you. I want to be more uh, consistent on the show. I do want to put more effort back into the show like I did prior of like a lot of more working time. I want to, I do want to figure out how to make it better. I do want to figure out, I feel I'm in a, a standstill, like I've been, uh, I like to get a co-host, and uh, obviously, as I I have talked to or people know who I am, I I can I work around people, so whoever works around the pre- but I do like to think I am interested in a co-host for the show. My problem is I have a I put myself on a high standard, not in quality, not in that, but like the idea of like. I have a, I have, do have a true passion about gaming or nerd shit, and it's very hard to find somebody who can uh, be on my same level and also the same uh, 
I guess not pre I guess appreciation slash also like keep your it's if there was a clone of me, this would show would be excellent. <laughs> but yeah, I digress on that. Uh I think that'll be it. I am sorry about that. Also about hot picks. I don't have true any true hot picks besides because I don't remember if I've ever said it because I don't want I don't want to say it again. But uh, I had I've had to say Wednesday that that Netflix Wednesday is really good. But uh, my hot picks for the year, I guess, would be not the year. I take that back. I pause the show and uh, I take that back. For a song, I do like the Metro Boomin's uh, Creepin' mix with uh, 21 Savage and The Weeknd. I think it's obviously. And then uh, for comics, I this is something, it sounds stupid because obviously I've never even spoke to this person. But I do want to say there is a Kickstarter that I've seen by this guy named Pat Shanad or Shad, however how you say S H A N D. He has a he has a a tick or not TikTok a Kickstarter for a comic called Smoke Weed, See the Future, Volume Two, Wake and Bake Sale, and uh, you can go on go on his uh, Kickstarter. And it will, um, you have options. You can buy like a $20 PDF version of all of both volume one and two. So you don't miss out. You can also spend 45 bucks and get physical versions of the trade paperbacks of both volume one and, pa- and volume two. And yeah, just more, get it out there. Should I show, show, uh, ideas for the comic book community again? And then, uh, for movies, I will say, and it's not a good one to how to explain it, but <laughs> the Transformers Rise of the Beast trailer got me so interested, and I'm looking forward to that movie because also I'm more happy to know that there are um, the early 30s group that I'm in are coming out the woodwork and are praising the Beast Wars. And I'm glad to see it because I think Beast Wars is better than uh, the regular Transformers. But also it's because that, that was my Transformers. I like that. But yeah. Hopefully you guys have a good rest of the year. You have a good Christmas. If something comes up, it might be a Christmas episode or like, you know, like a, end of the, a true end of the year thing. I'll see. Don't hold your breath. But Yes, I, my thoughts and hopes are for next year, uh, the Cousins Jesus Show, it'll be going back to being consistent and putting back more effort into the show, but also involves, I like, I'd love to find a uh, co-host to, do you know what really it is, to <laughs> even gather news and then we can talk about it because I've, I'll look at all the news. It's not like I would have you look up news and then I would not uh, touch base on it. I wouldn't just leave you hanging while we record or something, but yeah, I digress. You have a good week. Have a good rest of the year. And until we, uh, till you hear me again, be good to each other and peace. Peace.